You're listening to the Co-Creator Network. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Good afternoon. Welcome to Why Shamanism Now, a practical path to authenticity with your host, Christina Pratt, director of the Last Mask Center for Shamanic Healing. She's talking about how shamanic skills can bring us to physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being, especially when nothing else can. Now, here's your host, Christina Pratt. Welcome, everyone, to Why Shamanism Now. This is your host, Christina Pratt, and I'd like to begin here today by calling out to the helping spirits to be with us. So I call out to your helping spirits and to mine, and I call out to all of those who have gone before us. May we learn from those people to do what it is that we have to do in our time in a better way. May we hold true to the teachings that support humans in being good humans. And may we use that foundation within ourselves, uh, helping us to live well in our bodies and in our hearts to open up our inspiration to what it is that we need to do differently in our own time. I call out to our ancestors to gather around us strong and true and to help us to feel this great legacy that comes to us through the ancestral realm all the way back to the first humans and to draw on this legacy as a human family to come up with solutions that allow us to go forward in a way that is good for all people. And as we ask for this help from our human ancestors, let us open our awareness to realize we need to also Do what is good for all living things, not just all people, which would be a stretch for us right now, but all living things. So let us reach through our our human ancestral helping spirits to our non-human ancestral helping spirits, all those that make up the great fabric of life that was here long before there were people and will be here long after. And so we call out to those non-human ancestors to help us to remember our own true nature, to help us to open to the wildness in our own hearts, that we may feel what is right and true and not be so domesticated and easily seduced into the currents of our time. And we call out to these non-human ancestors to help us in a resonance with our true nature to find that unique essence that we each bring into this world and to allow that heart essence to shine with the assistance of these diverse ancestors that we can all call on. So as these ancestors gather around, human and non-human, as they come to us to help us, the living, do what we are called to do for our time, to right the wrongs of our time, and to build what is necessary for those who are coming, as we call these ancestors in to help us in these endeavors. Let us take a moment and call ourselves in, call ourselves in from wherever we might be to focus into our mind and take a breath and draw ourselves from our mind into our heart. Take another breath and draw ourselves from our heart into our belly and take a moment and reach down to the earth to give gratitude for this day, gratitude for the wonder of life itself, and gratitude for all that has been on your path that has brought you to this moment, for all that there is to harvest from that path to the gifts that will help you to be the man or the woman that you've come here to be, 
for all that is in this time of transformation and for all that will be in our future together. We give deep gratitude to the earth, for without the earth there would be no place for that walk of life. And so we give deep, deep gratitude to the earth and the wonder of her dreaming. And we reach out with that gratitude in our heart and begin to dive down through all the layers of the earth, letting our gratitude flow out to each layer as we go, as we reach for the very center of the earth, choosing to ground ourselves here in this day, in this moment, on this planet, at this time. We ground into these energies that draw their power out of the darkness, out of that which restores and replenishes, that which is silent still peaceful and as we reach into that energy let it draw us up into our day just as we would draw fresh water up on a hot hot summer day to replenish us to refresh us to restore us to nourish us to help us to come into right relationship with ourself and as we draw this energy up into our very being may we use it to ground ourselves into our body and into the earth to know where we stand, to know what we stand for, and from that to come to understand what has true heart and meaning in our life. And may we build our life based on those things. May we build our sense of home and our sense of belonging on that which has heart and meaning. May we open our door to those who are other than we are and set a place at our table for those who might challenge the assumptions that we make about how reality is and open our heart to a true dialogue, a true conversation, a true allowing in of ideas that are foreign and to share freely our own ideas that might be received as foreign to someone else and do so in the understanding that we are all here together in our great diversity to bring out that which is truly magnificent in each one of us. So let us live in this way inviting these energies in that we may come into right relationship with all the aspects of ourself come into right relationship with our environment right relationship with the people and all the living things in our environment and right relationship with the invisible world and as we come into right relationship with all these things and become more and more aware of the oneness that we all share, may we take a deep, deep sense of our right relationship with ourselves from that place in the great oneness. And from that blessing, that moment of touching in to feeling ourselves as part of the fabric of everything, let us begin to reach up, reaching up from our belly to our heart, our heart to our mind, from our mind out to the top of our head, out through the day. Take a moment and connect with your day, breathing in the day. Let the day breathe you in, connecting to that which is so much greater than you are. Connecting to the day, to the weather the sky has in store for you as you reach up through the weather, out into the atmosphere and through the thinning atmosphere, into the cosmos and from the cosmos all the way to the highest power of the universe. By whatever way you know that energy, know it as true for you, by whatever name you call it, however you conceive it, connect with it. Let it connect with you and in this way, draw the divine radiant energies down from above into yourself, into these proceedings, into the day ahead. And in this way, we call down the energies through the atmosphere, the sky above, into our heads and truly imagine this energy 
moving into our body, just as the rays of the sun move into the green of the leaves, calling this energy literally into ourselves, into our physical body and our energy body. And in this way, we bring in the energy of blessing. We bring in protection. We bring in guidance. We call out the energy that helps us to be champions and to be worthy of champions to be mentors and to be worthy of mentors. We call out that energy that brings in the benevolence of our universe and opens us to inspiration and illumination. And may we, even in the times we do not know we're doing it, be that source of illumination for others. As we call this energy in and send it all the way down to the center of the earth, take a moment and imagine the energy of the sky meeting the earth and the earth meeting the sky and these two great legendary lovers coming together in a great column of energy within you and let their big love resonate in a way that awakens every single bit of the spirit of your own heart, awakening it out of that which it has accepted and acquiesced to, that which has domesticated it, and allow your heart to awaken. Let it awaken the crucible of transformation that lives within it. Reach down and draw up those fiery passions of your belly that seem so far away. Call them into that crucible and call down the crystal clarity of your mind out of all the many things it's running around doing it. Draw it down into your heart and let these two energies mix and merge there into your heart, inviting that dynamic tension between them to give birth to a third and ever so sacred thing which is some knowing or memory or inkling there in your heart as to why you are here. And may you intend with your conscious choice to reach into that heart to find the courage that you need to do something, large or small, to bring those gifts into manifestation in the world. For the countless, endless uh, amount of spirit help that we have to do those things we've come here to do, I give great thanks. May what needs to be said be said here today and what needs to be heard be heard. And may these proceedings go forward in a way that is good for all living things. And I want to give thanks to Neil and Deborah, to Rihanna, to Rebecca, to Abby, Mariah, and Urban Foresight. These are all listeners who have been able to donate financially to the show. I want to give gratitude to those new um, People who've set up an automatic monthly payment to the show, I appreciate those, humble though those donations may be. The regularity of those donations help us to be sure that we can pay the regularity of our own bills. And I give gratitude to those of you who have been regularly paying for years for Why Shamanism Now and have currently moved your resources in another way in the world. And I give gratitude to you as well. To all the many ways that you all are helping to keep this show alive and vital here on the air, to keep the archives free and available to anyone in the world who can get online, to all that you do to make that happen, I am deeply grateful. To those who have donated and have stopped, to those who haven't yet started, and to those who are at this time, thank you all for all of the assistance that makes uh, Why Shamanism Now what it is. I could not do it without you. I am deeply grateful. If you want to do it and you haven't yet, you can go to whyshamanismnow.com. Many of you that uh, subscribe to iTunes don't rec- know that there's a whyshamanismnow.com site. You can go there and click on the donate button and donate any amount, large or small. It all goes directly to keeping the show on the air, and we are grateful for all of it. 
We are live today, and if you have any questions about today's topic, you're welcome to call in at 512-772-1938, or you can Skype in from the co-creatornetwork.com site, or email me at christina at lastmaskcenter.org. So this, um, today, I'd like to continue a thread that I started last year, actually. There's a lot going on this year um, on many, many realms. And I don't want to lose this thread from last year as we start moving on into new things. So last year I started what was supposed to be a series called Getting Unstuck. And it was about, you know, real-life shamanic practice. And, um, you know, we all experience stuckness at some point in our life. Whether we do precisely what people expect of us, we often end up feeling stuck. If we choose a radically different path and that flows against the dominant culture, we can still end up getting stuck. And there is an actual art to learning how to get out of your own way. That begins by waking up to the denial that things you are doing are actually not working and stepping into the true curiosity about what is really the deeper nature of your stuckness. Instead of just getting more and more desperate about how to climb out, kind of like uh, I imagine it would be as one is sliding deeper and deeper into quicksand, that we, in, in essence, given that metaphor, need to dive down. And find out what is at the root of my stuckness. And so in our first episode last year, this was June 27th, 2017, we looked at the nat- – we talked about how the nature of your stuckness itself can be diagnostic. And that any judgment you have against yourself for being stuck or whining that you might have um, about – all the outside reasons that you're stuck, these all keep you from the intimacy with your life and the intimacy with the life that you deeply long for. And it really prolongs your suffering suffering in that stuck place. And so whining, once again, is not helpful. Uh, but nor is um, judging yourself. Okay, so in this first part of the series, just to – it was – quite a while ago. So I'll circle back really quickly here at the beginning of the show. We talked about being human, realizing you're truly stuck and waking up out of the denial that the things you are doing are actually working. In other words, you're doing good things, you're doing all the things you should be doing and you're just in denial with the fact that they're working, which usually sounds something like if I just do it harder, better, faster, right? If If I just had better faith, if I just had a more diligent practice, if I just, you know, this whole sense of if I could just be better, this would work. And and accepting that you're stuck has to do with waking up out of that and honestly accepting, no, the bottom line is here, I'm stuck. I'm doing the best I can. I'm doing like 110% and I am stuck. And we are not talking about ego death stuck. We are talking about garden variety. Your life is a logical conclusion of your collective belief system stuck. Okay. And so the essence of the first show was basically this. When we can maintain and sustain a change, it becomes a true transformation. When we can't maintain or sustain a change, one, it doesn't become a true transformation. And so then that pursuit of trying to get back to that state of that change 
in and of itself becomes an addictive process, becomes an addiction. It's like having um, a high spiritual experience, uh, um, a spiritual awakening of some kind, and not being able to maintain and sustain it in your life, and then just trying to get back to that feeling that spiritual awakening. I get a lot of emails from people that talk about that, how they spent the next 10, 15 years. Anyway, that was the point of the first show. We talked about that in the first show. So moving right along. Um, so anyway, the point was that what we need to do is to hunker down and look at why we can't maintain or sustain that change that we experienced, um, not just keep reaching for it. We need to really look at why am I unable to maintain and sustain the change that this created. Because when we can't do that, no matter how mind-blowingly unity conscious, this is the isness difference, uh, drama that that experience was, the pursuit of that state in and of itself becomes an addictive process. And so we need to make the hard choices to release what no longer serves us, that keeps us from maintaining and sustaining that state. We need to do the daily practices that we need to maintain and sustain that state. Now, granted, we didn't have to do that when we had the state, right? We, we had the experience. Poof, we were there. It was amazing. And now we're stuck. So the point of it is we can't expect to get that state again without working for it. It's like the first time it happens, it's a gift. It helps you know what your target is, helps you know what's possible helps you know what's uh, beyond your expectations and limitations. But the next time you get to it, you're going to have to actually get there on purpose. You're going to have to walk there, find the way there. Okay. So anyway, again, we already did this show. So um, let's see. So we were talking then about um, this process of getting unstuck as being part of the art, but also the hard work of being human. And so the step one then in show one back in June was about changing your chemistry. Step one to getting unstuck, change your chemistry. So the logic behind that is that you're human. It all begins in your human body. And you've now accepted that you're stuck. You've moved out of the mental denial that you're stuck and you've accepted, yeah, I am, mental spiritual denial that you're stuck. You're like, okay, I'm stuck. I'm human in my human body. So if I want to change my stuckness here, I need to change my chemistry. Now, there are many ways to change your chemistry, and we talked about that in the first show. Today, I want to continue. Um, so what happens after you change your chemistry? What are the next steps in this process of getting unstuck? Um, because really, the only thing changing your chemistry does in any sustainable way is it allows you to see the current landscape of your life and you in it differently. It, it changes your perspective. You're able to see what you weren't able to see before. Changing your chemistry in and of itself is not the solution to getting unstuck. It is the first step. And many of you emailed me after that show the, about changing your chemistry, about, oh my God, I've been waiting for this show. Thank you so much. This was so helpful, which is good. I'm not diminishing that in any way. But there was also this sense of, um, great, everything looks so different now. I'm all good. <laughs> and this is why I wanted to pick up the thread of this series, 
what, what needs to be a series actually is because changing your chemistry in and of itself is an event. It's a big deal. I mean, it's more than an event. It's actually a process. Okay. It gets you to a place where you can see your life differently. And that in and of itself can feel somewhat revolutionary and you start to see why you were stuck. But knowledge isn't enough. Insight isn't enough. Clarity is really helpful and it's kind of a relief, but in and of itself, it's not enough if we don't act on that new information. So yeah, it looks different, um, but all you have is really a new perspective of what was already there. You haven't actually made anything different yet in what's there. Yeah, so don't fool yourself. Oh yeah, I see what's going on. I'll just do it differently. Because if you could just do it differently, you already would have. Remember, this is a stuckness that isn't superficial. The whole point of this particular series is talking about that place we can get to where we are really, really stuck. Okay. So the point of changing your chemistry then was to see things differently and specifically to look for where you are or were blind to why you were doing what you were doing not what you were doing. So it's about getting underneath the, to find the, the motivations, the deeper motivations to why you are uh, doing all of the different things in your life that are all adding up to one way or another, the fact that you're stuck. And remember, this particular version of stuckness applies to people that are doing the right things. You know, you perceive that you are doing everything you possibly could do and yet you are still stuck, right? And so now we've got some perspective on that. We're seeing some things that we were blind to. So, for example, for me, the most recent time, if I track back to the changing chemistry that I talked about in the first show, which involved a very intensive um, springtime detox, one of the first things that I saw from the clarity after having changed my chemistry was all of the ways in which I had been being given the same message in different ways and had, for whatever reason, ignored those messages. Hadn't ignored other messages, but I had ignored all of those messages. So then I looked at, well, what was the same about all of those messages? Oh, those in, in my particular cosmology, you know, this is – Cosmology helps this a lot, by the way. Another reason we need to be practicing our shamanic practice in a cosmology. Spiritual practice is already in the spiritual cosmology, but your shamanic practices need to be too. Okay, so back to what I was saying. Um, all of these messages I was ignoring. While I wasn't ignoring 75% of the message, 25% I was. What was the same or what linked this 25% that I wasn't paying attention to? Oh, well, that 25% I wasn't paying attention to all had to do with um, archetypal arena for me, which is in the north in my cosmology, which is the teacher, leader, sovereign, and the trickster. And these were all um, – messages that were coming to me either from the teacher or the trickster so um, one way or the other but basically pointing to um, the underlying root of my stuckness 
which is somewhere underlying all the right things that I'm doing and all my rationalization for why I'm doing what I'm doing and why I can't change the things I think I need to change, there is a deeper issue going on inside of me that wants to be known, wants to be paid attention to. And it has something to do with this kind of teacher-leader-sovereign archetypal aspect of my own expression of myself in my life. And it's going to begin by uh, my own internal relationship with that energy. And then depending on the nature of what I find, it may also be about how I uh, put myself out in the world in terms of teacher-leader-sovereign. So um, the teacher-leader-sovereign piece of that, again, is just coming out of my cosmology. If you work with a five-element system or you work in uh, a Quechua system, you know, you're going to interpret through your own system. But what you're looking for is the thread that links your particular – the thread that links the messages that have been hidden by your particular blindness, And then it would be to look at um, why am I blind to that particular thing? So so not only would I recognize, okay, this is teacher-leader-sovereign stuff in this, for example. But now my next step, and this as a shamanic practitioner, I would go to my helping spirits. I would journey about this. If you don't have journeying, you could potentially meditate on this. The tricky thing about that, though – is that we already know that we are wrestling around with information that tends to slip into our blindness. And so this is a place where, depending on your relationship with your helping spirits, you may be able to craft the right question that moves you out of your blindness. But if you don't have journeying and helping spirits and that ability to ask a question that drives you kind of accidentally out of the blindness, all you have is a meditation or a higher self or some kind of um, other means to connect, you may stay in your blindness. And this is the place where indigenous people would have reached out to community. And so this is the place where you as a contemporary person need to think about, do I have trusted others in my life that I could entrust with these questions and that I would listen to the answers that they give back and that they would give me back answers that are not so twisted and biased by their own unresolved issues as to be unuseful to me. And so this is, this is the great challenge we have as individuals trying to get out of our own stuckness in our contemporary time is most of us are pretty alone. And when we're trying to see where we are blind or hear where we are deaf, that is a big challenge by yourself. Because I have watched many a shamanic practitioner just keep journeying themselves in circles, trying to see out of their blindness. I see people with meditation tools but no helping spirits that that move us outside of ourself. Um, Anyway, my point, it's hard to see your own blindness. It's kind of the definition of blindness, right? And so, again, going forward, as we look at the year ahead of us, the years, the short-term handful of years ahead of us, 
I encourage us all to understand the many, many reasons we need to risk our sense of our individuality for the purpose of creating a kind of community that can authentically help us see into our blindness and hear where we are deaf. So just leave that out there, pregnant, pausing for you all to begin uh, plant that seed, I guess, in your lives to think about. Okay, and then back to the stuckness. Okay. So we talked about seeing that uh, what is the common thread, the things I tend to be blind to. Is it one thing I'm tending to be blind to? Two things, three things? You know, what am I tending to be blind to? What's the common thread? And now the question is why? Okay. So... What I would encourage, again, through my cosmology, this is how I would explore it. I wouldn't necessarily go to a specific helping spirit. I would reach out to the energies that are more archetypal energies that operate as helping spirits in our life. And I would look towards the archetypal energies that um, – have a bearing, let's say, on whatever you find the issue is in your blindness. What is it? Is it a is it uh, issues that have to do with um, unresolved things about your relationship with your mother? Okay, so then there's the mother archetype out there that is pure and clean and good code. You can go to that with your shamanic training. You can go to that with your meditation as well. Um, you can potentially connect to archetypal. I'm, I'm nah, not, not, I'm going to call it archetypal energies, but you could potentially do this kind of diagnostic worth work with tarot or some kind of animal card system, because that would bring a system of cosmol of a cosmology and wisdom inherent in that cosmology as a way to interpret, because you're trying to get from the why to what you need to change and how you're going to change it. And so you could also use, um, the cosmology inherent in a in a tarot tarot I'm using tarot small t tarot you know some some system of um, divination through cards or throwing the bones or whatever that divinatory system is with a tool runes things like that okay so if we go to the archetypal energies around transformation, since we happen to be talking about transformation, we're most often going to be looking at issues we're tripping over here when we're stuck that are issues that are teacher issues, that are uh, visionary issues, that are healer issues or warrior issues. And these are the four archetypal energies that are always at play when we're wanting to create change or transformation. And generically as a human. You, you personally may have other things at play, but these are also going to be at play. And so when you're looking at why, the kind of journey questions you would be asking is, where am I righteous or positional or attached to outcome? That would be if you're looking in the teacher, leader, sovereign arena, righteous, positional or attached to outcome, you know, that keeps me blind to, you know, you have to fill in the blank, whatever your messages have been. Um, you could ask, um, 
who who in me is judging so it could be a judgment issue that makes you blind to the messages the other thing is you could really tune into that um it could be a control issue who is needing to who who in me is needing to control and why so those would be um issues if the thread that's connecting um what you're blind to is teacher if it's visionary energy you know either not being able to see the vision or seeing the vision and being afraid to manifest it all of those kinds of issues around vision, um, doubting the vision, um, fixating always on what is not working, um, those kinds of things. Then you would be looking at, you would be very specifically looking for who in you is needing to maintain a lie and what is that lie. Now, bottom line of the suffering and the stuckness if you're pursuing this path is most likely going to eventually get to the live separation between you and the oneness but there are some other versions of that on the way to the big core lie underneath everything the other thing would be looking at um, where is self-denial the reason that you are blind to these messages Okay, so those would be things if we're looking in the visionary realm um, uh, for the mess. <clears throat> excuse me, the type of messages you've been blind to. Okay, if the type of messages you've been blind to are healer type messages, things that need to heal or transform within you, um, then you're looking for uh, something that really needs to die within you. Um, and the, the false efforts to keep it alive or the falsely motivated efforts to keep it alive are keeping you blind to the messages. Um, it could be that something desperately needs to get born in your life and you are chickening out of giving birth to it for one reason or another. And so that's the reason um, that you're blind to those messages. There's an aspect, um, a couple more aspects of this healer work. It has a lot to do with what needs to die, letting things die and recycle, and what needs to be born, being willing to move your resources towards something and give birth to them. And our ability to be clear about what those things are often creates the blindness or the deafness to messages. But there's another subtle level when, when this is about healing, change, and transformation that we miss out on. Um, it's the, the unsexy parts of working with the healer and death. And that would be simply being unwilling to ask for help. Or it's cousin being unwilling to ask for the correct kind of help, the effective help. In other words, one way to avoid something being born that needs to be born is to decide you're going to do it through body work when what you really need is a good therapist. And so you're, you're spending your money, you're doing your resources, you're committed to the body work, but it is actually a very direct way of avoiding the fact that you really need to actually go discipline your mind around this and talk about it with a good therapist. Okay, so, so asking for help and asking for the right kind of help 
is one piece. Um, another manifestation of, of that these days, because people feel pretty challenged around resources these days, is asking for the help you can afford instead of affording the help that you need. And I know that in my early years, early decade or so, around as shamanism was coming into my life, they were very sparse times financially. And what I was always surprised to find is what I could sacrifice to get what it is that I needed in terms of that transformation. And I think that is um, – so oh, let me let – me, okay, let me put a sharp point on this. I'm, I'm kind of talking around the point. I cannot tell you how many clients I sit with who tell me they don't have the resources for whatever it is they need to do because they have totally normalized paying for marijuana – paying for coffee, paying for tattoos, paying for piercings, pay, you know, paying for all of these things which are an expression of who they are at the moment, but who they are at the moment is exactly what they're trying to change. And yet they don't have the resources to make the change. And so it, part of it is, is having normalized the need to pay for our smartphones and all, all of these things that trap us. Instead of being willing to pare down and let these things go so that a change can happen, let the change happen and then decide what you want to bring in to support the new change. It's not going to kill you to you know, not smoke pot for six months because you need the money to do something else. Anyway, moving on. That's, you know, my point is often we are blind to the assumptions that we have made about our life, about what is necessary. And is it really necessary when those are the very things that are maintaining the version of ourselves we're actually stuck in and trying to change? So the other subtlety about the healer, um, which is a very unpopular thing, but we actually need to have faith. To get unstuck, you will need to have faith. And it is often the kind of faithlessness of our contemporary time and the sort of coolness of not being part of any of those crappy old systems that leaves a person disconnected from the old systems of faith, which, you know, I understand. But the person hasn't actually done the work with their life and with that which is right and true and beautiful in life to decide what they do have faith in. Because human beings without faith become very dangerous creatures. And if you expect to transform, you need to have faith in that possibility. And so what a lot of people do is they, they get along just fine with um, abusing substances as a, a substitute for faith. And then when they need the faith because they're going to make a true transformation like getting yourself unstuck, there's no faith that's been developed. Faith is um, earned the hard way, just like love, just like trust. These things, they get broken, and it takes an enormous amount of work to create them again. But you need to put in the time, and you need to put in the time daily so that it's there as a resource when you need it. So there's that piece. So there's some really deep levels below the life-death aspect of the healer energy. And finally, moving on, I'm getting a little distracted, so moving on would be um, – we're still in that uh, 
part of the show where we're talking about why I am blind to the particular grouping of messages I'm blind to. So the other thing would be that the grouping of messages are warrior messages. In other words, the actions you need to be taking, the fears you need to be facing, um, the discernment that you need to be cultivating. You need, in other words, what is the backlog of your life lessons you have not learned from? And so you're not discerning in a new way in your life. You're just making the same choices over and over and over again, not learning um, collectively from the result of those choices. Um, and ultimately, there is an aspect uh, of warriorship that requires that we uh, cultivate emotional maturity and great courage of heart. So the emotional maturity would be the effort to get a healthy emotional response to life. So you're still having an emotional response, but it's healthy and appropriate. The courage is once you've created that within yourself, that you have the courage to step out into the world and to begin to express unpopular things potentially. Um, maybe, maybe popular things, I mean like the kids right now in Florida – the courage to step out and do what is right and true because nobody else is willing to do it and they're fed up. That's great courage of heart. So, so again, these, these are, are windows onto what kinds of journey questions would you create to try to understand why am I – so just asking why am I blind to this is not as effective as doing a little bit more thinking around this and going, okay um, – why do I lack the discernment that would allow me to blah, 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 to bring a little bit more um, context into your questions to get at this deeper level of why you're stuck, why you're blind to these things in your life. Okay, so recapping, changed our chemistry, we got a new perspective on our life, we're able to start to notice where we're blind, we notice the thread that connects these things we've been been blind to and now we're diving in to understand why we are blind to these things because why we are blind to these things is going to start to talk to us about why we're stuck okay so and then once we get an understanding of why we are blind to these things then we're going to need to look for the you who holds that why as true. In other words, if I, if we go back to my example, teacher leader sovereign things. Um, oh, so there was a, uh, I hadn't realized that over a decade I had created um, kind of like a, a habitual understanding of what my responsibility was as um the kind of teacher leader in my community, my student community, and that it had largely kind of formed itself because we're still learning and figuring out how to be a community, but that it had gelled enough that it was now becoming this idea about who I needed to be and that um, that belief about who I needed to be in that community was actually false. And so – 
but I had been become blind to that. So I needed then to track back to the me that held the belief that I needed to be that kind of teacher leader in the community or what, right? I didn't know or what. So I had to go find that part of myself that held that story essentially you know this this, the whole story that belief fit into and understand what did she think would happen and when I real when I found uh what she felt would happen I realized oh right she thinks those things were happened because those are the things that happened the first year they're the things that happened the second year they're the other set of things that happened the third year so her sense of what would happen if I don't do this was based on experience so then I had to go to my helping spirits and it's like, well, how do I help this part of me understand that there is a possibility of different experiences when this has been her experience, right? So that's the kind of internal transformational process one needs to be in to find that, in essence, old code. Who's the you that's carrying that thing that is the why you're blind to your messages, right? What needs to happen to delete that old code? And what are you going to replace it with? And then what is the practice that you are going to do to make that new code your new way of thinking and believing and not just defaulting back to the old one because that's where the momentum is. Okay. So... To get out of the kind of stuckness that we are talking about, after you change your chemistry and get a new perspective and begin to look at where you've been blind or deaf, depending on which works better for you, where you've been blind and begin to get at why you've been blind and who who is holding on to that and how do I change that within myself, you get to a place where you're realizing that you are involved in significantly overhauling your belief system. And that um, that is a challenge because many of you don't necessarily have skills to delete that kind of old code. And uh, for those of you that journey, your helping spirits cannot do this for you. This is, this is that place within us where our free will has made the choice, usually actually many, many small choices that add up into creating the thing. Like in this example I've shown you, the belief that was getting me stuck was a relatively new belief, but it was based on um, lived experience and very painful experience. And so in it was a piece of me that wanted to avoid the pain again, a piece of me that wanted to be more effective, a piece of me that was feeling responsible to people and their time and resources and wanting to... Um, have that be um, a valuable trade-off for them. I mean, there are many, many dynamics in that story that part of me is carrying, and they're all carried for a good reason. But the important thing is, it's not the only possibility. It is a possibility. It is the one that I lived and experienced, but it was also 10 years ago. Right? We're in a new place now. It's a new world now. It's all, And it's changing very quickly. So... The important thing, though, is that 
I got there based on my own choices. My helping spirits cannot simply come in and, and wave their magic wands and make my choices go away. I have to unchoose them. I have to retrieve that aspect of myself that made those choices. And I don't mean in a soul loss sense. I just mean I have to choose to draw that energy back into myself as neutral energy. And I have to make new choices. And then I, because I'm human, like everybody else, I'm going to need to bring some disciplined practices around um, training my mind, training my heart, training my body to live into those new teachings if I want to make a significant change to be able to get unstuck. So the kinds of things that we can be blind to, the most prominent thing we are blind to is that we are actually telling ourselves a story which for us feels like reality, but it is actually just a story. And, that, and the example I've been using about myself is a good example of that. So what I thought I had to do and be for the community was a story. It was a story uh, learned through pain <laughs> and effort and frustration, but it is still just a story of how reality could go. And all of our stories are just a story of how reality can go. And one of the things that we are most often blind to, I see this all the time in my student community. And, and I use that community because I feel these are people I absolutely know are committed to a, a deep and profound level of transformation, one that basically guarantees they will be in discomfort for four solid years. So these people are, are really trying. And I still see this attachment to old stories, even though we are expressly endeavoring to not do that. It still happens. So that is a big, big um, piece of what we will be blind to. And the problem with that is when we have a story, so like I have a story that if I rock the boat, I'll be judged by the community and I'll be made an outsider. So the problem with that kind of story is that it becomes self-fulfilling, that you, you choose to act in ways that, that things happen which can then be interpreted to be fulfilling that story. And this is something we all need to become responsible for is how are we playing into our own stories and how, are we, how is that script sucking other people into our own stories? Another thing we can be blind to, and this, is, this was a, a big piece of my personal version of this stuckness that I've been thinking about as, we, as we're going through this series around stuckness, is ways that we are rationalizing or being um, reasonable about why whatever is happening. So um, a, a really totally rational, reasonable thing to say to myself is, well, you're getting older. I am not able to do at my age what I could do in the very beginning of the cycle teachings, for example, which I started in my when I was 30. <laughs> I'm not 30 anymore, definitely. And I simply cannot do things I used to do. And But what I saw is in that very reasonable and rational sort of letting myself off the hook with that excuse, I was also ending up manifesting a version of myself I wasn't happy with. And so what I saw is, Raul, it is true that I'm getting older, 
using that in that internal conversation was a rationalization, that there was another conversation that could be had that would allow me to manifest a current version of myself that I am happy with that does honor the fact that I'm aging, but also allows me to apply myself in new ways to what it is that I'm trying to do. So one of the things, uh, big things that we can uh, that create blindness is that kind of rationalization, especially when it's really, really reasonable. <laughs> Another reason, uh, example of reasonable is, um, the, and, and I say this with, with great love and compassion in my heart for you all, but those of you who are single, raising children, primary source of income, and you know you're stuck. Because there's all these really reasonable reasons that you cannot risk. It feels like you cannot risk making the changes you need to make. You do not have the time. I, you know, that feeling of I do not have another ounce of resource to try to do this thing I need to do. It's a, it's a really, really totally valid way we can get blind to that place that we can for example, let something go that we've been doing and recycle that energy directly into the transformation we're trying to make to get unstuck. So again, it's not that it isn't true that you aren't the sole resource for these three people in your family and it isn't true that you're exhausted and it isn't true that you're already working 150%. Those things are true and somehow we have to understand what looks impossible in our situation to get unstuck, right? And so, again, we can't use uh, reality to create a blindness to possibility. Okay. Another big place that people create blindness and thus stuckness is either simply the belief that you're failing. You're working 110% and you're failing, that your stuckness is proof that you're failing, that kind of logic. Now, most people don't use the word fail. They, they use nice new agey words around it. But the bottom line is what you're saying is I'm failing or a whole lot of other words being used to avoid um, looking at the fact that you are failing to create what you want to create. In other words, the fear of failure. I don't want to acknowledge it. I don't want to look at it. I'm going to keep talking around it. So one way or another, this idea of failure and there's two ways that you can get out of that blindness. There's a whole lot of resources out there that basically are about embracing your failures. And that's one way to look at it is just go, yeah, I'm failing. I am stuck. It sucks. I am failing to do what I want to do. You know, because there's a real piece of surrender in that if you can really surrender into it. Um, for those of you that um, tend towards a really toxic level of judgment, shame, and guilt, that may or may not work. Because that, that acceptance of your failure may go directly in as like new blood infusion into a deeper pattern that is an extremely toxic pattern of judgment, shaming, and guilting yourself. And if that's the case, then you need to um, deal with that. Who, who in you is the source of that incredibly toxic judgment or shaming or guilt and how can you um, because in that self who is doing that is most likely the resource that you need if he or she could get transformed 
into getting you unstuck. But right now, they're just driving the nail uh, deeper into the earth, the tent stake of your stuckness deeper into the earth. Okay. And so a last piece of blindness that we tend to not see, I actually have already mentioned, we tend to be blind to what we can really let go of. That we tend to prop our life up on uh, supports um, of substances, behaviors, uh, friends, um, different things that are really actually not technically necessary. You know, fresh air, clean water, good food, those are necessary. Beyond that, it's debatable. And so there's an aspect of blindness to the, to the realization that we have made things necessary to life that are not. Okay, so the next step after changing our chemistry is using that change in chemistry to see our life differently, to see in particular into what we have been blind to and in that begin to look at what is the nature of what I've been blind to, why I've been blind to it, to really dive in and understand these um, aspects of why you're doing what you're doing from a place of true curiosity and compassion because the aspects of yourself that are going to help you ultimately get out of being stuck are in this exploration of what it is that you have been blind to and so my point is at this stage of getting unstuck you're not unstuck yet you're just exploring what is sticking you from true interest and curiosity and a deep realization that in doing this, you will come to know yourself, a much truer version of yourself, and know yourself much more deeply and honestly than you have yet been able to manifest. And the deep core truth of that will be as life uh, shattering in a sense as that um, high spiritual state was in the first place. It's just a different kind of um, clarity, a deep inner clarity about the human that you are and potentially beginning to guide you more deeply to why you are here. So, the next step is once you start poking around, so part three, which is coming up at the end of the month, so part three, which is coming up, is once you start poking around into the why and start questioning assumptions and looking at these old beliefs, then you will find the mother load and that is part three finding the mother load of your stuckness so i want to give thanks to the helping spirits for without their help there would be really frankly absolutely nothing to say on why shamanism now so i give deep gratitude for the helping spirits that are here to assist us in our lives gratitude to the earth below and the sky above and to the heart that unites us all 
Um, I would like to remind everyone, those of you that have been inspired and enjoying the Power of Shamanism Summit, it sounds true. It has been an excellent summit, and the um, last couple of days are happening now, and you are um, – an upgrade package is available if you would like to own the recordings of all of the – um, presenters at the summit for listening later and working from that upgrade package is available. You can go to um, the homepage at lastmasscenter.org and click on the Power of Shamanism Summit and go into that process from there. Massive Illusion starts June. The prep material is about to go out, so I invite those of you that would like to join us this year to take the last handful of spots that are available for the group that is coming together this year. It's a lot of Why Shamanism Now listeners, so you'll be in good company. You can go download the registration form at lastmasscenter.org on the homepage. And finally, um, it's not quite up, but it'll be up tomorrow, is a link to the online clearing class uh, will be on the homepage as well. And that begins with uh, moving into the deep water, which is a invitation to a collective dialogue that's going to start the why should we bother answer that question for these online teachings. So, everyone, lots to do in the year to come. Have a good week.